Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I want to thank you so much, man. I know that we have been connected for a number of years, and I've been thinking all day trying to figure out how long we've actually been connected and working together. Um, I feel like we came together through uh, Herb, if I, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is am I correct? No, I met you before that. Um, I met you before that. Can you hear me still? Am I coming through? Yeah, yeah, I hear you perfect, man. Uh, I'm trying to think how do we how do we initially connect? <laughs> I, I cannot it figure it out, man. It was through something. It was through your radio show. It was through your, I think you were the radio shows you had. That's what it was. Uh, Treacy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was Treacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so sad that she's not with us. And she passed away. Right, right, right. Yeah. Suddenly, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, Never expected it. Never expected it whatsoever. Um, and it's weird yeah, because like, I've been writing a book. Okay. Um, I've been writing a book actually for a few years now. And she was proofreading. Like she okay. was gonna do the um she was gonna do the opening to the book. Right. So I spoke to her actually the day before she passed. Um, oh, did you? And I sent her like the manuscript and all. Of yeah. And I sent her the manuscript and everything. I was like, you know, I went through the divorce and I was like in the middle of all of that. And she was kind of, I guess, quote unquote, counseling me through like the divorce and everything. And then right. she I sent her the manuscript and she was going to proofread and all of that jazz. And then I hadn't heard from her for about two days. And then. Somebody that um, I had connected with uh, through an interview as well, um, they reached out to me and asked me if I knew that she passed. And I'm like, I I just talked to her two days ago. But um, right, I, yeah, I hate right. this. Yeah, it was, it's so Go sad ahead. that she it's so sad that she uh, that she passed away. Because I remember her. I think it's her daughter. uh uh, what's her name? Sorry, because yeah, she had a podcast. I, I don't know her daughter's indie, name. The indie grind, Kenesha. Okay, I'll tell you. Oh, who I didn't there. know that was her daughter. I think it was. I don't think people knew, but I think yeah, I think that was her mom. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, and I, I spoke to somebody who I believe was her daughter, and that was just kind of in you know passing along condolences and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um. I think just reaching out in that respect, but um, yeah, I didn't know that that was her daughter though uh, for the indie grind. But um, at any rate, she brought us together though. Exactly, that's what it was. And then after that, okay. you had connected with Delhi, right? Delhi wrote, mm-hmm. and Delhi was right. So now- Delhi was one of my. When I started consulting and kind of doing what I was doing in in twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. Give me a second. 
when I was doing what I was doing in twenty started doing what I was doing in twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. Um Delhi was one of my first my first uh kind of clients, independent consulting okay. clients. And at that time, Delhi was kind of just transitioning out of wanting to do gospel. I mean she was doing gospel before that. She knew she kind of wanted okay. to do R&B. She wanted to do more indie soul music. And she didn't really know me from a can of paint, honestly. We met on social media and on Facebook. And she just kind of gave me a shot. And, let me, and, and I helped her kind of establish, you know, and connect her with some of my global, global contacts. And she ultimately ended up getting a number one record on the UK Soul Charge at the time. And yeah, and I think you had interviewed her not probably not too long after that. Okay, I remember interviewing her. Um, mm. She's probably one of the many interviews that I can say was like one of my best interviews. Um, yeah, Delly's really, really talented. She's kind of um, she's kind of she's kind of transitioned. Uh, into really the production and songwriting now. Okay. Uh, because I, th- I don't know if she's ex- as excited about the artistry as much anymore. I think she's really kind of... I, I think it's, it's hard... Yeah. It's hard to stay excited about it. Like it's... Right. And, and I'm just thinking from... I'm, I guess I'm just trying to think from the standpoint of the artist like given the climate of music and how everything goes and how hard you work and how little you're noticed and Mm -hmm. just everything that goes into it. I think it's hard for a lot of artists to stay motivated and to, you know, to really want to continue that, that type of a grind. Uh, I think a lot of times they're always looking for, you know, bigger and better ways to, you know, build their brands. Excuse me, I think I'm finding a little bug right now. Look, you sound like me, man. Yeah, I don't know. You I sound like me. I'm, I'm trying to keep. I was just finding like a day or two ago. It's weird, this man. Cough, this cough, to, and I, bro, I don't go out the house. So this cough just kind of started out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. Same for me, man. It, it started for me on Christmas. And um, when I tell you I've been nursing it and, and taking NyQuil. To, to sweat it out at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got a cup of tea out. right here because, I, yeah, yeah I, I got this I'm cup of tea. I'm not, like, yeah. you know, I don't, don't want to be coughing through this like, interview. I did, so I, like, I did not want to, I'm like, I don't want to cancel on them. But luckily, I, I mean, I feel fine. I'm not like, it's, I'm not like dragging or anything like that, but it's just one of those. I was like, I hope I feel up to it, but I feel, I feel, I feel good. So we can, but. Yeah, Listen, man, I, mean, man, I, I appreciate it so much. Like, no, I don't think I can, and I don't think I can really express to you how appreciative I am of the fact that you're doing this. Just because we've come so far together, and exactly. I know that we were like, we were like at an all time high, and then once I went through the divorce, I know I kind of went, you know, topsy turvy, and I was, I was like back that and happens, forth, man. That's, and, that's um, life. Life. Life happens, man. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it took me, it literally took me every bit of like two to three years to 
get back in that headspace where I'm like, okay, let's push and, and like get this shit done and, you know, start working again. And I just was like, I hope I didn't kill no relationships like in the process because I know I was back and forth and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready, I'm Look. ready. And then I'm like, nah. Look, but and look, I mean, like, like with Tracy, like, yeah, she was so amazing. And I know that, like, there were times where she was setting up interviews for me. And like, right before I was supposed to be going on, like, I would be sitting there crying on the phone, like, Tracy, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it, Tracy. I can't do it today. <laughs> and right, right. it was just like, it, it was a lot of back and forth. So, um, well, like, you, I, know, you know, I mean, obviously, look. I appreciate her. I appreciate yeah. you. Um, her, and, like her, talked to me a little bit through the process. Yeah, her, and, her um, good dude, man. Shout out to her. You know, he's he's a, he's a good dude. He's he's uh he's he's doing he's doing some cool things. You know, so that's my guy. I've known her for ten years now. Yeah, so, yeah, her a good dude. But but it, it it comes back down to life. We just said earlier, like about. Sometimes artists kind of give them that flunk. And it's interesting because I was talking with Xavier Keys, the artist that I work with. He was kind of expressing right. how he's, he's really been feeling uninspired lately. And I'm like, dude, it's totally understandable. You're going to have those You're gonna have those those days where you just feel like he doesn't want to quit. It just You just feel uninspired. You feel. Right. You know, you feel like part of it has to be, you know, because, you know, you put a lot of time and effort time and energy and effort into this craft. And unfortunately, music is, is not something where you're going to see the fruits of the labor right away. It's not a... It's not a right. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to... It's not, you're not going to see the fruits of the labor right away. And just because... And it, it, it's not a... What's the word? It's not a... Is it bureaucracy? What's the word that I'm, I'm looking for? Um, hold on, James. Are you, are you still hearing me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, because it's telling me here that my connection is unstable. I don't know what that. Means. Okay, yeah, I still got you though. If using this platform, so yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah that's okay. It's, just um, make sure that we're still good. It froze for um, a couple seconds. Yeah, if but I got you though. Okay, good. Okay, um, and I think. Music is is entertainment careers is not like a, 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 a I don't know if the word is bureaucracy. Basically, what I'm trying to say is like where the most talented people, you know, finish on top. It doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Like it, like everybody's path right. is different. You know what I mean? And even if and even if you have all the money in the world, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen any faster. Because this right, is like right. it, entertainment is like politics. You can have all the money to run a successful political campaign. I'm not, a, and I'm not a political guy like that. But you can all, you can have all the money to run a political campaign. But at the end of the day, if the people don't like you, exactly, exactly. And and see, this is why I always try to share with creators and artists that, um. The only thing that's objective about music is the technical side of it, meaning recording, mixing, mastering, uh, production quality. You know, those are objective points because there's a standard for that. 
when it comes to people actually wanting to, once you put your music out into the marketplace, it's completely subjective. Right. You know what I mean? So, so like, what, what are the things that, but, but like, as a manager, like, what are the things that you did, like, kind of knowing, like, all of the details, like, everything that you're telling me now, going into it, knowing that, and obviously bringing in artists who are fresh and green to the whole process, and they think that they're going to blow up immediately. How were you able to keep them focused enough to the point where you could accomplish what you wanted? And and I say that because I hear everything that you're saying, but the artists that you worked with, obviously that I connected with, like they did amazing. Like when you consider going overseas and, Right, you know, well, building I, a fan base over there. Well, I mean, and, and, and let me say this: like, yes, I'm an artist manager, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily out here trying to manage a bunch of artists, right? So let me say that first, because there's a difference. People think, oh, you have a, oh, oh, you have a manager company. I need a manager. I say, well, I'm not interested in managing you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So for me, I only managed artists or creatives that's like fam, meaning like Xavier Keys. It's like like my little brother, you know what I mean? Because that's the only, in my opinion, that's the only way yeah. management really works. It's like family. It's the only way it works. So, first of all, it's hard. Once you get past two acts, really, anything past two acts, it's really impossible to manage that successfully for one person. Just because one act can take up all your time. I don't know how you did I don't know how you did too. I I really like when I tell you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say when I tell you I launched, you know, as a part of UG Digital Media and Publishing, I have J-Rock. So Mm -hmm. I actually had an artist that I was pushing for a couple years and one artist will take all of your time. Yep. So I, I don't know how you did too. Um, because I, I could barely do the one and do everything else that I was doing as well. Well, here's the thing. Um, with Xavier Keys, how we work, we're, we're partners, okay? So it's not, we work differently, right? So we're not, it's not a situation where he expects me to do everything for him. Like, I don't do that. I don't book that's what That's what I wanted you to touch on. Not to cut you, you off, know, but that's what I wanted you to touch on is that right. partnership. Because so we work, we work, I know that good management, it, re- yeah. it requires that partnership. Right. We work differently. So he's not looking for me to, you know, do every little thing for him. It's a situation where, like, okay, he brings something to the table. We vet it out together. We figure it out. And we make, and, and he makes a decision. It's, so it, it's not me doing every little thing for him because at the end of the day, if I spent all my hours in the day doing stuff for him, what happens when he decides to quit and I'm left holding the bag? I got nothing. So he can go right. move on with his life, but I spent all this energy and time main, with the main focus being on him. And he could very well say one day, hey, you know, D-Bro, I, I love you. Thank you for everything you've done, but I really don't want to do this no more. So, I can't right. then set up a bill for seven years of work. You know what I mean? So, what I've learned to do was 
build my own brand. Because if you go to direct, well, obviously I only have my one site up because my, my other site is down my company site, which is cool because really, we, which I, which I don't even mind that my, my company site is down is because people connect to me anyway, my personal brand, even outside of my company. So, but if you look at my, my website, it doesn't have anything to do with artists that I manage on there. That's my brand. You know what I mean? So I've learned right. to build right. my brand independent of any artist that I work with. And that's what I always try to explain to any manager that wants to work with an artist is because, you know, the end of the day, they can go, they can leave you. And what do you have to show for? If it can happen to Scooter Braun, it can happen to anybody. You know, Ariana Grande at one point decided that she wanted to, she felt like she grabbed green on the other side. And Scooter Braun's one of the biggest managers in the world. So if it can happen to him, managing one of the biggest acts in the world, you don't think it can happen to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. Because, you know, look, the problem with a lot of artists, too, is that. Most of them think the grass is greener on the other side. So usually what will happen oh, is... Oh, of course. When things are going their way, they'll, who's the first person they look to blame? Oh, that's my manager. Oh, my manager. I'm going to get a new manager. And I'm like, off the time, it's not really your manager. It's just that we can't predict how things are going to go. We have an idea, but nobody knows how your career path is going to go. It's not straight... There's no straight line to success. If you're relying on a manager to do all the work for you, you're not you're not going to be set up for success. If you're waiting on one person to open up every single door for your career, you're not going to be successful. You're just not going to be because, like some, I, I've had to tell this to another artist that I work with, Tori Helene, who's amazingly she's. A, I don't know if I, I don't know if I connected you to her as well. She's actually in Ohio. She's in Cincinnati. You said Tori Helene. You said what's I, her I, last name? Tori Helene. Tori Helene. I think yeah. I might have met you. I might have yeah, yeah, but you got I did, yeah, I did. You did connect yeah, with she, her. She's in she's in she's in uh she's in Cincinnati. That's where she lives. Okay. So anyway, my point is I had to tell yeah, her. Yeah, you that. did connect me with her. Right. I, I told her one day, I said, look, sometimes you gotta go make the play. Right? And then no one to bring me in. Right? That's see that's see that's where it's different now. Like if, when you're dealing with, when you're building relationships with certain people, especially on the creative side, sometimes your manager is not needed for everything. Sometimes you as the artist got to go make the play, and no one to bring your manager into the into the whole fold, right? So that's where it's different. It's, right. You know, we we got You got to think about it from that perspective. <clears throat> because a lot of a lot of success in our industry is about relationship building, so. If you're just talking definitely, to or trying to talk to a producer that's hard, what do you need your manager for? There's no business to be discussed. You know what I mean? Y'all just talking mm-hmm. straight. I don't need to be involved in that conversation. You know what I mean? I don't need to. Most managers don't even need to be in the studio session. You don't need to be there. Like I don't need to be in the session with you. Like go do what you do and send me the record when it's done. I'm right. not one. Of, I'm not one of those managers. I need to be hands on for every little thing. Like. I'm not, right. That, that's old days. That was old because see, back in the old industry, the goal was to go get a major record deal. So 
So you wanted to be right. like, what's to go to one of these big major labels and hopefully you signed a five album deal for thirty million dollars. And that was and that's why you wanted to have uh so much control over the situation. But the truth is in today's in today's space, that quote unquote big break may never come. That quote unquote big break of you signing right. to a major label may never most likely is it gonna happen. And it's simply, James, it's because it's a numbers game, man. There's, so I don't know if you know this, but there's there's 8 million artists across the world consider themselves independent professional artists, right? 8 million people. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's 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 less than 10,000 people, artists, are signed to either a major label or, or a subsidiary of a major label. There's only five major labels in America. So if you just do the math, it's... It's almost impossible. It's not. You it just it, everybody can't be signed. Everybody can't be on a major right. label. Everybody can't be on that. So right. You know the reason. The reason why most people want to go to major labels is because they want the money and the, they want the money. They want the marketing. That's really why you want the label. Because the label was supposed. The label back in the days was supposed to be the bank. What we call the bank, and it's really not even a bank because if you think about a traditional loan. In a traditional bank loan, you borrow fifty thousand dollars. You borrow five hundred thousand dollars for the bank. Let's say you, you you make that one back and you pay the bank. Everybody walks away, and you retain ownership of whatever it is you, you got the loan for, right? Right. Only in the beauty business would you get the loan from the major label. Let's say you let's say you recoup and pay everything back, which very rarely happens. But let's just say you do, mm-hmm. right? The label still owns your music. Right. The reason why these labels can still sign artists today is because they, they're making money off catalogs they've owned for 30, 40, 50, 60 plus years. And if the music business exactly, the exactly. Industry, it's always been set up to fuck the artists. It's, it's, oh, it's for sure. That, it's been, always been that way. So you have to understand, like, you know. Now, I will say this. Some artists need labels. They just do. They don't know how to really Oh, for sure. On an independent level. Some artists, they need that structure. They don't know how to. I had to realize that even even though I'm pro-independent, pro-this, pro-that, there's some artists that just need the structure of a label. They need the structure of it being done for them so that they can just go be make music. That being said, you pretty much already gonna know that you're gonna be screwed because there's no you're not gonna have right. a favorable deal when you're going to the label asking them to put a take take a hundred percent of the risk, right? If that makes sense. I think that makes perfect sense. Um and I, I'm actually glad that you talk a little bit about ownership because you know obviously that's 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 hugely important you know when you're looking at signing deals and you you're looking at longevity and the money that you can obviously recoup and make over the years you know to to help you sustain throughout your life um kind of talk a little bit i'm i'm sure that you've heard a little bit about um you know ashanti has been out there like a, a lot now and she talked a little bit about whatever the deal was that she's hashed where she can kind of re-record and well, that sort of thing. Like, like what, do, what do you know kind of about that? Problem, here's the problem that I have with that, right? 
because Ashanti would not be who she was without the record company, right? You didn't mm-hmm. write them song. See, what these labels got, what these artists got to understand is, all right, you benefited heavily from the label. Um, you benefited heavily from the label helping you to build your brand, right? You knew what the deal was when you signed to the label back then. It's a different time. It was a different, different Yeah, time, for sure. Right? So her going back to recording her masters now, I don't think people care that much, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, she's right. dope. But, like, <laughs> you know, ain't, I mean, Ashanti, ain't nobody, you know, she's doing her thing, but like, if it wasn't for the verses right. and all this, ain't nobody worried about what she got going on in the grand scheme. Right. I'm not, no disrespect to her. I mean, hopefully, she, you know, she, I don't know if she ever. No, no, I, I get it because I, I guess you, my, my question in it, right, I mean. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, obviously, when you, when you listen to it, it sounds like it makes sense. But then the real question is once you put all of the effort and the money and the time into re-recording all of that, how many people are really going to continue buying that throughout the next, you know, 10 years, 20 years and whatnot? Like how, how much are you really benefiting from spending the time and the effort and the money to do all of that? Right. Look, you got to, like, I think too, I think, all right, take, take Alicia Keys. Wait, I don't know if you know this, but Alicia Keys, which this rarely ever happens. She is now officially an independent artist. She she is out of her record deal that she signed yeah. twenty seven years ago. I saw. She, I, she has, and, and she, yeah, and I follow a very, lot of this stuff, so I did know that this is this very rarely happens where she actually fulfilled everything in her contract. So both parties can leave wholeheartedly. Now I don't know if she's taking. Her, I don't think she's taking her masters with her, but at the end of the day. She's now an independent artist. She, she can do what she wants, you know, from here on out. And that's pretty, because that rarely happens. Like, where, where you can, where yeah. 20 years being signed to a major and you actually complete the deal and, like, and you, and, like, you, and right. both parties fulfill, you can walk away amicably and say, hey, thank you for, you know. Because one thing we can't deny is that the major labels, they have, they have a machine, man. And that's one thing that, 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 and yes, for sure. One thing, independent art. When you when you have a machine like that, it's a different game. It's a different game. It is a different game when you have corporate machines behind you. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know some artists. I think Nori said it. He 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 does not want to be independent. Nori's like, Nori said, "Fuck being independent. I I, I want a label." I guess he cause he knows his personality. He knows. He knows how he's built, so some people know how they're built, so they want that function of a label. You know, right. the, other artists are very independent, where they they know how to grind. What they do, like what Tory Lanez did, is he would just see who the labels were hiring, he would just go hire them independently and do his own thing. Somebody like Russ. Mm. But here's but see, here's a problem too, right? We don't talk about how many artists do you know that have that have good credit. Most of them don't. So they right. don't even. Nobody talks to us about leveraging credit, your credit score. 
being able to attain funding to add because that's what it's for. You're signed to a label for the money, for the for the resources, not because mm-hmm. you want to sign. So if you have the ability to go get a line a line of credit somewhere, like Russ did, Russ said his the last album he just put out, Trump Two, he took like a five hundred thousand dollar five hundred thousand dollar line of credit out. So he said, "Look, okay, can I have put the money out me personally? Yeah, I could have did that." But he's like, look, I'd rather just take the credit out and just pay back a thousand dollars a month for the rest of my life. I can do that. He's like, look, so you know, why why if you think about it, how do most wealthy people do it? They use the bank's money. Most people mm-hmm. they don't use their money, they use other people's money. So I but mm-hmm. again, I think it comes back down to the education of not understanding like how to leverage credit. Because you know how it is in our community right. too. Um Bro, we're not talking. We we don't we we we. It's not discussed so much about making sure you keep your credit right and keep your credit in right. certain level so that you can. And it's just it's something within the black community. It's just not talked about. And I've I've always been saying, even in high schools, that there's no reason why you should graduate high school as a junior senior and they don't have a class on personal finance. Why is that? Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, because every human being at some point or the other has to deal with this stuff. But you graduate these people, give them high school diplomas, high school diplomas, but then, but you're not even teaching them the things they need to know about life. You care more about, I don't want to tell you. Exactly. You care more about SAT score, ACT score, standardized tests than you do about making sure people are prepared for life, you know, things of that nature. Anyway, my point is, going back to what I was saying, is that when you understand how to take those other pieces and use leverage, now you don't necessarily need to go take a bad deal or take a bad situation because you can go to the bank and get a bank, a, a small business loan or whatever you want to get. And now you got the funding to move how you want to move. So it's all about the mentality. It's all, it's all about the mentality that, that people have and how you view yourself, you know. But with Ashanti, you know, we want to re-record your masters, like, okay, how much money are you, because the real money is, is is placing your music in television and film and sync, because Right, right. You know, um, so, where's the real, like, the, the, the real money is in, in, in the publishing side, so as far as her recording her masters on the streaming side, how much money is she really wanted to make? Because she ain't on Drake level. She ain't getting billions and billions of streams. Right. It ain't happening. You know what I mean? So, I mean, she gets, I'm sure right. she gets, a, I'm sure she gets, I'm sure she's in the millions of streams, but she ain't on, she ain't on that Drake level with billions and billions of streams. That's the only way, because that's the only way right. they can really right. anything streaming is when mm-hmm. you get a billion the stream because that way it makes sense you know what i mean so yeah i think i think that makes perfect sense so i was i want to talk a little bit about how you've transitioned your company current day but um i know that we kind of got off into this conversation and we didn't really start with the basics so for the people who are listening give them an idea like a like a kind of you know, obviously a quick, but give them an idea of 
who you are, how you got into this, um, and how you got to this, you know, this place where you are right now. Okay, cool, no problem. So I'm, um, I be, so I was, so for me, I so I live in Orlando, Florida, and so around 2004, I was a part of a hip hop dance group here. So um, every November. They have. I'm giving. I'm giving you the quick version because they could be a little long. I don't want to draw it out. To we'd be here for we'd be here. <laughs> you know, to to try to give. It, so every November they have what they call the Florida Classic. That's Bethune Cookman University and Florida A and M University. I don't, have you heard of that before? The Florida Classic. Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. So that's you. That game's usually on a Saturday. That's when all the black people come out the black colleges everything so that so that friday night before the game that for they have the black high schools have the the battle of the bands right so all the black high schools locally right we all, we all, so anyway so our dance crew uh was was booked to uh was booked to perform at one of the intermissions so my best friend at the time had a roommate, his name is Ian, and Ian was a real talented dude, and he would take me to the he would take me to the dance practices. So they decided to create a routine. At the end of the routine, they had a freestyle session. And so they brought me out at the end of the freestyle session and I was dancing. Right. <laughs> and so Okay. Right. And so it was like eighteen thousand people in the in the old magic arena where where the magic play. And they brought me out. Everybody screaming. They all said, "This is awesome. This is because back back then I did not have any. I did not think I was going to be in entertainment. I didn't grow up wanting to be in entertainment. Was something I thought of. I thought I was going to go into hospitality tourism. I thought that's what I was going to do. But that's what I went to high school okay. for. But um, I always say entertainment found me. I didn't find it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So we did. We did that little competition. We did that little that little gig. And I knew that okay, I knew that I felt I knew that I was really interested in seeing what more more about this entertainment thing. And I was fortunate enough to meet my mentor and big brother LaShawn, who pretty much took me under his wing and kind of taught me the game. And that was in two thousand five. And we ran company my old my first company was called Brothers for Life Music Group. And him and I did that for okay. from 2005 to 2008. That he moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and at the time I was managing an artist named D. Cody, who was an R&B soul act out here in Orlando. So we're, we're I working with him. So Cody and I released the album called "Us Against the World" in 2010. Put it out on CD Baby at the time. This is remember this is pre social media. This is pre. There's no, there's no right. Instagram. There's no what it is now, right? So there's Facebook, but there's Twitter, but there's you know. So him and I, we released that project. We sold a few copies overseas, things like that. But really, nothing really much happened out of that. And I was disappointed because it's like, dude, like the guy was so talented, and we just had to come to Jesus moment where it's like, bro, this isn't gonna work, like. Because I'm feeling like I'm having to drag you across the finish line, and I don't want to be working with people. I don't want. To, I just don't think 
it was working. So at that time, so we parted ways um, December of 2012, right? And then that's when I decided to finish my degree and go to enroll at Full Sail University where I okay. got my degree in entertainment business. I was valued corner of my class, advanced achievement of my class, um, won numerous awards there. And so when I when I graduated, I knew that it was gonna be really hard for me to move and live in like LA. Because really there's only five cities that's considered industry, right? LA, Nashville, Atlanta, Miami, New York. Right? So LA was gonna be out because I was just way too far. So that was out, you know. Uh, Nashville, I've been to Nashville, but it snows in Nashville. I don't do the snow. So that, <laughs> you know, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta's like my second home, but Atlanta's really, really spread out. I'm sure, you know, Atlanta is nobody lives in the city of Atlanta. Most people live on the outside. Yeah, I, I know. Right, and then you have Miami. I'm like, okay, I live in Orlando. I'm not gonna move to Miami. And then New York. I was born in New York. We left New York for a reason. So. It really just made sense for me to kind of stay because <laughs> it just it just made sense. So what that meant was there really wasn't any jobs here, so I knew that I was going to have to just kind of do my own thing. Otherwise, I would have been like everybody else, right? School, got a degree at Full Sail, and I'm doing something totally different. Like that's a waste of goddamn time. Why the Why the hell did I go to school for this right. time? Like, like most people do, they go to most people are working in fields that they didn't even go to school for. They're doing stuff that. You know. Exactly. And I I love the fact that you said do your own thing, because I mean, essentially, that's what I've done just in terms of UGD and like everything that I've done. I've just yeah. kind of done my own thing instead of trying to go right. and work for like a big conglomerate or right. something like that, right. because you just have more, more free, more power. Right. And it's so and much she, more that you can accomplish when you're doing your own thing. And when you started UGD, this was a, see, we didn't have the content creation that we have now. You know what I mean? Like, so now we have a lot more people. For instance, like, okay, before, let's say you want to work in journalism, right? Let's say you wanted to work in sports journalism. There was really only going to be there was ESPN. The mecca was ESPN, so everybody will go to ESPN, right? And now we have now we have now we right. have FS one, right? So, but truth is, everybody can't get to ESPN. Everybody's not going, to, you know, exactly. <laughs> so, but because of the internet now. You're able to now kind of create your own community if you just stay consistent mm-hmm. on a platform like YouTube, right. as we see now. So it's it's a, so now you can create a media career without feeling like you have to go to journalism school, right? Right. So go to some of these bigger networks. In your case, going to the BTS or you know, right. Exactly. Writing for Vibe, or I remember you were sharing that story. I don't forgot what what publication it was. Was it BT the BT Awards one year? I remember we talked about it. Well, what was it that you got yeah. invited to go do? Yeah. Right, and then something happened with that. Well, I've done. Well, I mean, I've done the I've done the the uh, BET Award. <coughs> I've done the BET Awards. Um, Soul Train, Essence, The Stellars, uh, The Grammys. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know that we have talked about me, you know, obviously doing that, having that experience and whatnot and always wanting 
to do it. I just think that in doing it, like, you know, obviously being grateful for having the opportunity to go out and meet those people, build those relationships and whatnot. Of course. I just have always found it more pleasing to kind of do my own thing and yeah. not be in a position where I can be told what to do or what, to write what I about. can't do or right. or that's or what to write about. Because right. I mean, you know that my platforms have always been like more positive, positive driven and right. You're not really talking. You're not. You're not. You're not, you're not, you're not with TMZ and, and and the drama stuff. And, you know, I, and the yeah, whole shade room and you know. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. Like that's just it's not me. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really think about that kind of stuff. So I know that there's an audience who don't really care about that stuff, and they want they want like the real. Like the realness of it and whatnot. So yeah, I just, I, that's just not me. And I feel like when you work for those bigger names and those bigger brands, they push you in that direction because they know that that's what sells. Yeah, right. And I know, and even with UGD, you've interviewed some some well known people. So, and I think that's yeah. what about your brand is that people respect you because you, you've interviewed names that people know. You know what I mean? So. Right and trust me, those celebrities want a breath of fresh air too. They don't really want to be asked the salacious questions and every, you know, they want to be yeah. asked substance. So I'm sure they actually enjoy people that actually care about their craft and care about why they, you know, because of course people are going to want to know about the gossip and all the stuff like that. But you've always been a you've always been a journalist and a media professional that cares about getting the real story out there. And I think there's something to be said. Yeah, that. that's that's all I want to do. Especially, like, in, black, especially that, in black media. That's where my heart has been. Yeah. yeah, that's where my heart has been. And I just have always wanted to be that difference in black media. But, I mean, yeah. obviously you know that kind of going in that direction, it, yeah. it makes it a lot more difficult, you know, obviously to, to be seen and, you know, that sort of thing. But, I mean, I love what I'm doing, though. No, you're doing great things, and like I said, you got look the, the grind. The grind is real. The grind is real, and you just got to keep. You just got to keep moving. You know, you got to keep moving. You got to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And that's why I always say your passion, your why can't be money. Can never be money because if it's money, you'll quit when shit gets hard. You know what I mean? Exactly. So your why's got to be bigger than money, and that's why I try to tell people like when I'm helping independent art. The truth is. When you help independent artists, ain't no money in helping new brand new artists. They got no money. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know that. But I do this because I felt I feel that helping new artists is where I can make the biggest impact. You know that way. So that's why I choose to work with independent artists. That's just me personally. Right. Now talk to me. I know we're we're like in the last. 10 to 12 minutes of, you know, okay. the time that we have, you know, for, for today's show. But talk to me right. about the current, the current place and then the future of Double M Management. Oh, man. Um, well, the current place is, so I'm really big on, so a lot of what I do is consulting work, you know, artist development, brand development. So I'm really big on education, you know, and I've kind of stayed away from, Doing a course, you know, but I feel like I'm kind of I feel like I'm driven driven more that way now. So I'm working on a course right now, uh, 
And also, too, I've been working on a couple of books that, and this is more stuff towards my personal brand because my company is my company. But like I said before, earlier in the, in the show, people connect to my personal brand. So that's what I lead with, right? So, um, so I'm working on a couple of books as well, too, uh, that sh- really should have been out already, but I put it off for so long. But I made the point to tell myself. I'm in that same place, man. That they're going to, that they're going one of them is, um, so the process of my, so when I talk about building, you always hear me talk about building a core audience, right? So the process of, of how I view that is called the genesis of super fan building. So, cause everything from everything with a core, everything with independent artists should be centered around building super fans, right? Fans that are diehard fans that care about you, right? Uh, so yeah, um, so so that's why I called it the genesis of super fan building. So with that, I have a whole process that I that I teach when I'm consulting uh, my my clients. But I also started the book, which is kind of like the guide to that, which is more of a long form, my thought process in long form, right? Versus it being on an hour session, you know, there's only so much you can get on an hour consulting session, right? Or if you're taking my, what will, what will be my course at, at some point soon. But I can really take the reader, the independent creative behind my thought process and why I believe that this works. Because there's so many people on social media these marketers that just teach people, oh, just run a bunch of ads and you'll you'll build a fan base. Doesn't work like that, right? You know what I mean, like you have to have a foundation. So I believe in setting the foundation in place first, because to me, you you do the ads when you're ready to scale out. Majority of artists I feel are ready to scale. They try to scale way too early instead of focusing on the things mm-hmm. that so they can build foundation. So that's. That's uh, one of the books I'm working on. And the other one is book is really about why I decided to pursue a career in entertainment because, you know, me having a disability, we didn't really touch on that too much. Is there's really not a lot of people out here like me that have a special need that is doing what I'm doing. There's really nobody that I can point to saying they have cerebral palsy. They're doing what I'm doing. I can model my not necessarily copy what they did, but you could have a kind of a, uh, this person did it their way. At least you have somebody kind of mentor you from afar. Be like, hey, like, you know, they did it like this. Maybe you could do something similar type of thing. But there really isn't anybody out there like me doing what I'm doing. So I kind of wanted to share with some people kind of my thought process and why I love entertainment so much. So that's the other book that I'm working on. Right. Uh, in the meantime, just okay. Under- I think that's amazing. Like I, like I, I really will want to read. I really will want to read that book. You know, as far as why you wanted to get in the entertainment industry. Like, I think that everything that you've done is amazing. And like, I purposely, like you know, obviously doing this podcast, I purposely did not touch on you know the disability just because. Right, like you know, I look beyond all of that shit. Exactly, I, I, I look way right. beyond all of that shit, and right, I just I don't think that any of that is. I don't feel like it's relevant. Like, obviously, it's important because this is your life. Right, but on the same token, I think that a lot of 
will focus on the stuff that really makes no difference. I mean, exactly. I have a great friend because I worked with um, Radio One here in Cleveland. Well, they're Urban Urban One or whatever it is now. But okay. I worked with them and I have a really, really good friend on radio who has MS. And okay. like to me, you, you look past all of that shit because to me that doesn't right. affect the the beautiful and the quality work that, that you do in this industry. And you've helped some right. people, man. Like, yeah. I damn near have wanted you to be my manager and I don't do no damn music. So <laughs> I'm just saying like, like, yeah, I say like this, look, man, I, I mean, I just, I think you do some amazing work, man. And you know, that was the, that was the very reason why, you know, with me doing this podcast, you are the first person that I reached out to, to actually be on this platform with me because I, I just think that, you know, obviously I've come a long way, but I think that you've come this way with me. And I think that yeah. out of all of the many people that I have built relationships with over the years and that I've worked with, you were somebody and I, I'm pointing and I shouldn't be pointing because obviously I'm pointing to a computer screen. But I'm just right. saying, like, you are one. You're you're like one of those top people that stuck with me, like through all of this shit that was going on. And I mean, obviously that's life and that's stuff that's going to happen, but people yeah. drop like flies when life start happening. And, yeah, they do. you know, you know obviously right. with me not doing the media and stuff over that time, it's like, it's like starting over, man, like managers mm -hmm. and publicists and all of that stuff changed like a roll of toilet paper. So exactly. it's like, when I got back into this, it's like, don't nobody know me and I damn right. near don't know them. So it makes it difficult even in booking people and stuff like that. I'm just now getting to that place where when I reach out to people, like they actually respond back now and either say yes or no. Like for a minute, it was like they wouldn't even respond. So I'm like, it's 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 a grind, man. Like you said, the grind is real and <clears throat> it don't never stop. But I hustle real hard, man. And regardless of you know what i knew coming into this and what what my work work ethic was coming into this i have learned like a tremendous amount from you and you know from a lot of people but definitely from you so that's why i wanted you to be my first guest i i, I think i just was blessed in the sense that i asked and you was like yeah i got you um because i'm course, like damn she say no you know, you know anytime i don't know i would never gonna say no because one you know, we have a relationship and this industry is built on relationships. It really is. Like right. you got at the premise at the core of entertainment is people and relationships. I mean that's really what it comes down to. Like relationships will take you a long way in this game. It's like what you know the uh, Brian Michael Cox the producer said this in an interview one time. He said, Look, be careful how you treat people on the way coming up or you hot like fish grease because when you're not as hot no more and no, and you and, and, and mm -hmm. people remember, man, he's an asshole. That guy James Johnson, oh, he's an asshole. When he called, I'm not picking this on. He's a, he's a, fuck him. You know what I mean? Cause that's how motherfuckers sleep right. in this business. Like, right. you can't, you can't, yeah. even, if, even when you hot like fish grease, you can't treat people like they ain't shit because at some point, James, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, at some point, you know, when the phone ain't ringing and the opportunity, because it will happen. It happens to everybody. You know, 
They're going to remember yeah, how you treated them. Man, it's in this in this industry from my side of it. That happens a lot, man. It, it goes up and down, up and down. So it's like I'll yeah. have months where it's like everybody I reach out to, like they responding back and they'll start calling me and shit. And then it's like I'll get like three or four months where ain't nothing going on, and it's like, right. damn, I can't find nobody. And that's the, and that's the nature of how this thing works, man. Like like there's a there's right. a term in our industry called hurry up and wait. You know, hurry yeah. you you yeah. <laughs> up and wait, man. All your ducks in a row, but you still gotta wait because this the industry. See, and let me share this before we get out of here. There's a difference between let me share this gems real quick for your listeners. There's a difference between the music industry, the music business, and the business of music. It's three different things, right? The music mm-hmm. industry is is tastemakers, record labels, DJs, publicists, you know. Tastemakers, people that make up the industry, right? The music business is commerce, that's sales, right? And then the business of music is intellectual property, publishing, copyrights, that type of deal. You, most people think you need the music industry to be successful in the music business, and you don't. These people right now, who if I told you who they, who they were, you wouldn't know who the hell they are, but they make a full-time income from music. You know what I mean? So... You don't need to have, you don't need to, to be, you don't need the industry. Because the, the thing, here's the problem when you chase the industry. The industry is going to tell you whether you belong based off what they think is hot. But what if your audience isn't what they're trying to, isn't what they're trying to be about? Maybe you do something that's really not commercially driven. So, of course, they're not going to know what to do with it. Because it's not... They're in the business of selling commercial music, right? If you make something that's not commercial, you probably doesn't know what to do with what it is that you're doing. So that's why I always say it's important to just to find your own audience. The goal for any independent artist listening to the goal is really simple: find your audience and learn and, and know how to and know how to serve them. That's really it. Find your audience, serve them over and over and over. Again. That should be the goal. Um, will there be a way for us to access all of the artists that you do work with? And then for everybody watching, just let them know how they can keep up with you, how they can find out more information about you and your brand. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the artists I work with um, is Xavier. Two artists, well, it's really three. Uh, Xavier Keys out of Chicago. And you can go to his... His website is imkeys.com, K-E-Y-Z, imkeys.com. The other artist is, her name is Chatty Boom, C-H-A-D-D-Y-B-O-M, chattyboom.com. You go to her website, chattyboom.com, and then Tor Helene, like I told you about, she's doing amazing things. Um, and if you want to connect with me, you can just, you know, you can just hit me on my website, derailpeer.com, follow me on all social media at derailpeer. That's how, that's how you connect with me, man. Hey, listen, I probably will because I, I've connected with um, I've connected with Keys before, so I definitely will want to reconnect with him. I've connected sure. with with uh, Tori Helene before, so I know I will want to do something again with her. And then I'm gonna check out Chatty Boom too, um, exactly, to yeah. see what's going on, and you know maybe we can do things because of course I still have you know of course I'm doing the entertainment plug. 
Um, and I still got the magazine, which I'm um, actually the magazine. I'm pushing out subscriptions now. So um, eventually I'm going to lock the site down and then people will have to subscribe, um, you know, to get like the full and all of that stuff. Oh, but um, I, I think that there's a, a, a big future. There, there's a lot of stuff going on that I definitely will want to involve you with. But, um, you know, more than anything, man, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Like this is huge for me to get this off the ground because I've been wanting to do it for years and kind of putting it off and wondering who I want to work with and that sort of thing. And about three weeks ago to, to keep it all the way real with you, I was just like, man, I need to just do this shit myself and quit playing games. Right. Before I knew it, I pretty much had everything set up. Like it took, it took me a day to get it on all of the platforms and all that. So I'm like, shit, like, yeah, is it's really meant to be. Yeah, man. But, um, Make it happen. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you so much. I think this is amazing. Hey, James, man. Thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, man. You have a good evening, man. And we're going to definitely do this again. And we'll talk over the coming days. Um, I think I'm going to do, I'm getting like Oprah, man. I'm going to do it after the show. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So, um, I think this is dope, but uh, thank you so much, man. Man, it's a pleasure, man. You have a good night. All right. You too, man.